Oakley Show continues on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. You know, periodically we've talked about the media's role in uh, all the things that are going on now, amplifying the rhetoric and uh, with our journalism. And, uh, you know, it's also uh, incumbent upon us to go to sources, primary sources who understand the beat much better than I do. And uh, we've done that in this occasion. Robert Lewis has joined us. He's an author, journalist, parliamentary correspondent, the former McLean's editor-in-chief for seven years, and the former chair of the Canadian Journalism Foundation. Robert, it's good to have you here on the Oakley Show. I really appreciate you coming on. Your book is out. You You know, this book that you've uh, just come out with, it's fresh off the press, Power, Prime Ministers, and the Press, The Battle for Truth on Parliament Hill. I like the subtitle because I'm curious. How is it a battle exactly? Well, uh, over the years, uh, the access to information has become tighter and tighter, and uh, politicians have retreated behind a wall of obfuscation and uh, spin. And uh, there's a constant contest that goes on daily on the Hill to get access to information. That's the essence of it. Yeah, all right. When you say the the, the battle for truth, and uh, it sounds like it's hand-to-hand combat of a fashion, uh, the idea of this meme of fake news uh, entering the lexicon, is there a filter that you have to uh, present? I mean, that uh, people will be uh, seeing what you're reporting as credible and truthful, because I think there's a credibility gap that's now been established, for better or worse. You're, you're absolutely right. I mean... The, the recent surveys have shown that uh, almost half of Canadians have either tuned out news or they really don't believe what they're hearing. And, uh, and you know, and I, I have a lot of sympathy for people uh, who feel that way because there's such a plethora of information floating around. Some of it is true, some of it's factual, some of it's opinion, and others is, as we know, pure fakery. And so I think now more than ever before it's important that journalists – uh, pursue the truth, uh, be independent, and and be a, an important part of the democratic process. Because let's face it, uh, a lot of people in this world need good information to make decisions about their daily lives. Well, this is uh, why I guess it's also critical that uh, when we hear phrases like the enemy of the people, uh, tell me why that's so unsettling, especially from the perspective of a journalist. Well, it thankfully, is, is not a term that has been directed at any journalists in Canada. It's a, a Trump thing. But, I mean, it share, it's a view, I think, that's shared widely. And we have seen this in the rise uh, of conservatives across the country. Uh, uh, conservative leader Scheer has now uh, kind of cast the press as a minor enemy, if not enemy of the people, by being critical. And I think this is a, a winning ticket for a lot of politicians because, first of all, the media is in low repute. And it's also very handy to have some kind of straw enemy to attack, uh, conveying a sense that people in the media are part of that elite that's out to do you in, that they have an inside track and that you're on the outside. And so it's a very powerful message, and it's a hard one to combat. Well, then politicians using the media or certain personalities in the media as a wedge, uh, that's not unprecedented. I remember the days when, I guess, the Harper Conservatives were convinced Robert Fife was a devil incarnate, didn't they? Absolutely. No, it's, it's, a, it's as old as the hills, really. I mean, there was a... My, my book is largely about the history of, of politicians in the press going back to Confederation and, you know, 23 prime ministers, about 30 profiles. And all the way through that piece, there are instances where reporters uh, have been either put on the outside or castigated for 
misinformation. I mean, there have been dust-ups all the way through the years. All right, and so uh, as you've documented it, I guess you've seen over the arc of your own career uh, how it's evolved or devolved. Uh, where where were the turning points? I know you say that Watergate is kind of one of those, uh, I won't say high watermarks, it's maybe a low watermark, where things got confrontational. Uh, why was that? Well, I mean, to go back just briefly, I mean, the in the old days, the parties actually owned newspapers, and newspapers were the essential means of communication in that day after Confederation. And so they had a party line, and they covered up for their their party leaders. That went on, really, until even into the 50s. The pipeline debate in Ottawa was kind of the uh, low point for uh, press relations. I mean, I think it was the time when the, the, the press decided that they had to sort of take a more serious uh, approach to government. Uh, they were trying to hustle through a pipeline financing bill, and they used closure to shut down the House and debate, and it was an ugly scene. And Val Sears, famously of the Toronto Star, uh, gave voice to the sentiment that was growing in a press gallery. He said, come, gentlemen, we have a government to overthrow. And that seemed to be the start of a more confrontational press. Uh, when university students uh, started coming into journalism out of the Jade schools, uh, and into Ottawa, that changed the tenor. And then, as you say, Watergate convinced everybody that they wanted to be a journalist. And now, with Twitter and Snapchat and the rest of them, everybody has their chance. I remember, too, uh, I guess it was Dan Rather when he was grilling Nixon. Uh, Nixon offered a repost, and uh, <laughs> Dan Rather said, I'm not running for anything, are you? Uh, along those lines, a lot of people were taken aback and thought, boy, uh, the temerity of the guy for suggesting that to the President of the United States. And we look back now, today, it seems like it's uh, highly adversarial. That's right. I mean, but even going way back, John, I mean, uh, Senator Grant O'Leary, who was a conservative, uh, and and helped the conservative cause. Uh, nonetheless, he didn't pull his punches. He once said of John Bracken, the kind of lackluster Tory leader, that he was, quote, not above seeking opinions of others. He was just above accepting them. <laughs> and and so they, uh, they in those days, they, they seemed to do it with perhaps a little more wit than we can muster up. Uh-huh. Um, the, the editor of the conservative-leaning Morning Herald in Halifax uh, he reported that he had seen the Liberal Prime Minister Alexander McKenzie at a government house ball. And he said, McKenzie was present disguised as a gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, amity between uh, politicians and, uh, and, and uh, the press is, is uh, a long-standing thing. Again with Robert Lewis, uh, Power, Prime Ministers and the Press, the Battle for Truth on Parliament Hill. I just wonder, you know, if in this day and age, uh, because, I mean, he was pilloried at the time, too, John A. Macdonald, Pacific Railway scandal, and all the rest of that, uh, would this guy have even had a shot at retaining his prime ministerialship because, you know, the drinking bouts and so on and so forth, uh, or has the climate really not changed that significantly? Well, it's interesting you raise that, because uh, the Globe and Mail, which was run by an uh, ardent opponent of Macdonald, George Brown, mm. Uh, they had a story once that I found in the archives uh, in which they baldly described uh, McDonald as simply laid out and drunk in the House of Commons. And this was on in the paper. So uh, there, were, there were no punches pulled if you were uh, after an opponent. And it's quite common uh, in those days when, when newspapers uh, didn't pull their punches 
that they they had some lots of scathing information about about politicians. Um, we don't seem to we don't tend to see that much of it in the conventional press. I mean, it's more uh, more in the uh, tabloid press. Mm-hmm. When you just cited Val Sears a moment or two ago, and come on, gentlemen, we have a government to overthrow, uh, therein lies a dilemma. For a lot of people, there's a perception that some members of the media are cheerleaders or advocacy journalists. Do you see a problem with that? Well, I, I know that it's a problem that people feel that way. Uh-huh. And uh, I, my argument, though, is, and it's somewhat controversial, my argument is compared to some of the past incidents way back and into the 50s, I think that most news reporting now is more credible than it was in the old days. Uh, first of all, they, the, the media messengers are, are under attack. They're under the microscope. I mean, every journalist knows that they really have to be professional and watch their P's and Q's um, because if they make mistakes, they get nailed for it. So I argue that the journalism now is more credible sometimes than it was in, in the days of yore. But, Robert, there is this palpable sense that from the public, you know, I sit here in the catbird seat and I hear it almost on a daily basis that uh, the media is somewhat elitist or uh, divorced from, you know, the great unwashed, if we can say. And a lot of people say that, for example, Ottawa and the press gallery there, they function in a bubble. You know, it's just like inside the Beltway in Washington. I guess you could say the same for Ottawa. Uh, is that is there anything to that perception? I think there is truth to it, and, and uh, it's, a, it's a real issue, especially today, because the cutbacks in, in the news business have been horrendous. I mean, there have been something like 250 newspapers, either weeklies or dailies, have disappeared. Ottawa, many places have cut their Ottawa bureaus. Um, there's definitely a shortage of people. Fewer people are trying to do more, and it's a rat race trying to keep up with the, with the 24-7 news cycle. I'm not making excuses. I'm just saying that it is very difficult for people, for example, to get out of their offices and off their Twitter feeds and talk to real people. And I think there's a lot of uh, misconceptions about uh, what journalists are trying to do, but at the same time, there's substance behind a lot of these concerns about um, elitism. I mean, there's a lot of people struggling. We know that in this city, it's, a, it's kind of a becoming a have and have not place to live. People making enormous commutes to get to work, uh, affordable housing has disappeared. Um, so there really is a legitimate grievance about so-called elites, and the press is all part of that, of course. So the diminishing resources of which you speak, uh, I guess they're presenting challenges in which stories to cover. I mean, for example, with McLean's, there's a lot of long-form stories, and I'm assuming uh, more resources dedicated to drilling in and getting granular on something as opposed to filing daily. Uh, how does that work? Well, I think uh, the good people have to realize that they can't do everything. And and let's face it, there's so much news available on radio and on the Internet that chasing uh, for a weekly, for example, to chase stories uh, is really kind of pointless. You really have to develop uh, an investigative or an enterprise story that is going to be different from everything else. And that, uh, to me, is the, is the future of conventional journalism in print, certainly, and and on the web is to go deep and provide context and background uh, to the daily flow of of news events. 
I want to come back and pursue that a little more fully. I'm intrigued by that. I mean, having spoken to uh, a lot of people in the industry as to the future of print and whether newspapers deserve subsidies, uh, I'm sure we're aware that, you know, John Hondrick and uh, Paul Godfrey were up in Ottawa asking for some kind of help in, uh, in that sense. I want to get your take on that in a moment. Robert Lewis is with us, 12 years as a parliamentary correspondent, seven years as a McLean's editor-in-chief, and he's written uh, The Inside Dirt on Power, Prime Ministers and the Press, The Battle for Truth on Parliament Hill. Uh, Dundurn is the publisher. We'll come back with more of Robert Lewis on The Oakley Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.